Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making the Locked On Rays podcast your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On Rays is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked On Rays. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays. And you can email us anytime at LockedOnRays at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Well, Ulysses, uh, we try to keep our promises here at the Locked On Rays podcast, and we promised another mailbag by high demand, and we are bringing that to you as the Rays do not play today or tomorrow. So we figured there's a little bit of downtime to read some listener emails, questions, comments, concerns, and so forth. So let's get this thing kicked off. What do you have there first, Ulysses? Well, I've got a controversial one here from James Newkirk. Um, He says, it's not popular, but I do like the split city idea. I live three hours away from the trop and go to one or two games a year. 41 opportunities is still plenty. The crowds might be bigger, making the experience way better. I also think taking a trip to Montreal in summer might be cool. I love this team and don't mind sharing it. Better to keep them and share them than lose them to Nashville. What is your take on that, Kevin? We found the one. We found the one Rays fan that is okay with this split city scenario plan. I would love to... No disrespect to James, I would like to more so hear from those who live in the Tampa Bay area to see if there's somebody see, that disagrees with this uh, Kakamimi plan. That's the thing. That's the thing. We disagree with James. Uh, and by the way, thank you, James, for for, for listening and, and, and sending your comment. But yeah, we disagree because we live closer to the truck. Mm-hmm. I feel like I would be on the same boat as James if I were three hours away. But then again, we have had... Uh, People from Melbourne and 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 others, you know, Cocoa Beach. I I, I feel like we we read something from Cocoa Beach right. as well. You know, they make their drive and, and plenty of times. So I think you're you're in the minority, James. And and yes. I'm sorry, but uh, that's that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Uh, also, speaking of all this, uh, the Rays allegedly, evidently, are narrowing in on a site in Ebor City, home of the former Case Force uh, K Force building so if you have time to read up on that in the tampa bay times uh it's getting closer things are happening things are moving with all this let me uh before we move on here with this uh ulysses if the rays say they did re-up and move to nashville or charlotte would you move to either of those cities just (laughs) to be able to watch your favorite team of all time would you start applying for jobs left and right and find a townhome or an apartment nearby a stadium uh, and and be a Charlotte Rays fan, Nashville Rays fan. I'll tell you this. I went to Nashville once. I, I could not drink. I was under 21. Mm. And uh, I think I would have had a better time 
if I had been over 21, yeah. it, the scene is very cool. They've got a lot of bars and, and you can do that, that, that whole thing. That whole scene is really cool. There's a lot of music. Love that. I don't think I would necessarily move for a baseball team though. So yeah, that, that's it. Uh, same thing with Charlotte for me, quite frankly. I think the city's a little bit overrated. I'm just going to throw that out there. Nice trails, but interesting. seems like it's basically just Louisville on steroids, which, you know, I don't need to move back there. Uh, okay, let's move along here. Uh, Peter from sunny Berlin, Germany says, I must say it is quite exciting to hear the international race community engaging on the Locked on Rays podcast. These mailbags are cool. He also says, I am convinced that we get Houston in the ALCS. As a matter of fact, both Houston and Tampa Bay and New York will be looking back at this era of playoff matchups year after year after year. Hey, do you remember when we had to play the Rays in the playoffs like every year? Down from 03 to Game 7, the Willie Adamas relay, those series were epic. Yeah, I think, again, we, we said this yesterday on yesterday's episode. If the window of opportunity, if you're lucky, it's like seven years. Mm-hmm. And I think the Rays are lucky because they have worked hard to be lucky, to uh, to draft well, to to not make stupid moves, to, to look at the numbers. Then we're on the third year of the lucky, 2019, yeah. playoffs, 2020. World Series 2021, AL East champions back to back. So we're in the middle of that seven year window. And I, and I feel like we should say that more often because I think a lot of race fans are thinking this is just the beginning. It's like, right, we're in the middle of it. Yeah, we're in the middle of it. Uh, there's like four more year, four more really good years, uh, I, I think. And on the flip side, who knows? I mean, depending on what happens in the AL West, uh, the Astros might be seeing their window closing a little bit. Yeah. What's the future of Verlander? Granky Correa, from all indications, probably isn't going to return to Houston. That's a big blow. Age of guys like Guriel and Brantley, it, it could be something where you finally see an Oakland sweep in or a Mariners sweep in. I think oh, the Angels nice. are going to continue to Angel. They'll, they'll yeah. have great players, but you know the pitching is always going to be a problem there. But you never know with Houston. It seems like year after year, sort of like with the Rays, that there's a new arm that comes through. It's like, how do they get Luis Garcia, Framber Valdez, or Keedy is in the equation, Christian Javier. They got a lot of guys at their disposal with that. So that remains to be seen. So, all right, uh, let's go ahead and move along here. Ulysses, what do you got? Uh, Steve Rains has, uh, hey, fellas, great mailbag episode last week. A lot of good content and loved hearing from fellow non-local fans. I think that really spoke to people here. Mm-hmm. Uh, just knowing that there's race fans all over the globe, and that's actually really cool. And I love that we're able to to do this. So um, that was me. That was not Steve. But anyway, <laughs> my question for the next mailbag is simple but twofold, he says. Number, uh, number one, which three prospects are you guys most excited for in the coming years and why? And two, which prospects do you see as untouchable versus likely trade piece? So I want you, Kevin, to answer me the second one first. Which okay. prospect do you see as untouchable versus likely trade piece? Uh, well, I am taking the way I did this exercise was 
I am not including any of the guys that have already made their major league debut. So okay. I am taking Shane Boz off the table. I am taking uh, I am taking Vidal Brujan off the table, Josh Lowe off the table, Taylor Walls, Wander Franco. I am talking strictly prospects, total, okay. total prospects here. So as far as untouchable, I'm sure there's several within the Rays organization. I do know and I have heard that Taj Bradley has been asked for in a lot of trade discussions, especially leading up to the deadline. So if I had to guess, that would be probably the most untouchable, true prospecty, young prospect type as of right now. As for a guy that I could see the Rays dealing and being okay with parting with, believe it or not, uh, Xavier Edwards. Look at that. Uh, I just think that no disrespect to what he is able to do and what he is able to provide. The Rays have a lot of middle infielders. They have a lot of guys who can play and handle second base. And the thing that might worry the Rays with Edwards is he has absolutely no pop, no power whatsoever. What is the calling card of this team? Home runs, strikeouts, and walks, and some athleticism. And Xavier Edwards certainly has that athleticism, but I feel like there's so many other options on the table, which would get back to if, and when we go to uh, the prospects, the three prospects that we're excited about, uh, I think Xavier Edwards could be on the move. Uh, I'm sure there's somebody that probably has to be added to the 40 man before then that they might part with, but that's maybe one of the, the bigger shock factor prospects that I could see uh, getting dealt again. Did you steal my notes? Yeah, I, I copied them beforehand. Dude, Sorry. come on! No, I had th- those were the, the the two names, of course, uh, uh, that I had. I'm, I've been playing with trade value uh, simulators and Xavier yeah, you're Ed- going ham on that. You're going nuts. And Xavier, I don't Edwards. think you're working anymore. That's your full time job is just doing. <laughs> Wacky trades and then emailing them to Neander. I mean, let's see if one of them sticks. I was I was working for to get Sandy Alcantara and and <laughs> good luck. Xavier Edwards was one of them. The the, the pieces. So yeah, I, I would say Xavier Edwards like you did, and then Tosh Bradley. I mean, I okay. think this guy is just really has really powerful stuff. So let's go back to the first one. Which three prospects? are you most excited for in the coming years and why i'll give you one of mine so okay. that you don't steal it okay friend of the show really smart cerebral uh guy who ended up having a good season in double a blake hunt mm-hmm. i'm gonna give you blake hunt i like that one i still think he's a little bit away in terms of the bat it remains to be seen as far as just a baseball mind in a guy who could have a very very long career not just playing career but executive level coaching career that is might might be the guy i might circle along with garrett whitley who was also on the show at one point but the guys that i kind of have circled and highlighted again i'm not i i just didn't want to it'd be too easy to say shane boss yeah okay right Um, right right I do have Taj Bradley up there again. Yes. Curtis Mead, shout out to all our Australia yeah. listener. The dude is 20 years old and has already jumped from A ball to triple A. In fact, he hit 356 in low A and for the year in his first season or first year in full season ball, he hit 321, which was second best in the Rays, organiza- uh, Rays organization. And let's remember that 
He was acquired for uh, from the Phillies for a guy named Christopher Sanchez, who, if I had to guess, isn't doing as hot as Curtis Mead right now. So that could be a W yeah. in the Rays book. And then this other guy, maybe more familiar to Rays fans, Greg Jones. I am oh, yeah. really, really excited about what Greg Jones could provide as a switch hitter, either you know, really an up-the-middle player if he's going to be a shortstop or a center fielder. And what we've started to see from him is not only the, I mean, he's really the the best base runner in the minor leagues uh, within the Rays organization, but we've started to see the power form. He had yep. 14 homers and 34 stolen bases in 72 minor league games. Now, I know he's kind of had a tough go in the promotion to double A, but I'm not going to judge, you know, couple weeks, you know, 14, 60 games of struggles. Yeah, there's plenty of time, but there's just time. the the tools, the tools speak to me with, with Greg Jones. And, and again, that's the thing. When you talk about Xavier Edwards as a likely trade piece, if you have Greg, Greg Jones and he can do all of the athleticism, all the guys that we've had on, on the show, they say that Greg Jones is just a freak of nature. Mm -hmm. Like he just can do anything. So uh, then that's why Xavier Edwards might seem a little bit more likely to be traded. Um, so with Curtis Meat, though, I'll tell you this. It, he actually cracked the 100 uh, top prospect list. I, I, I don't know if it was Baseball Americas or maybe uh, Keith's, but yeah, he did crack a top 100, and that's really exciting. I mean, to, to just get this guy in a, in a random trade and, and him having be developed this way, it's, uh, it's very, very cool. But Kevin, you know what is, else is really cool? What is that? Oh, I... my gosh. When we get to save time and money at the same time by using Rock Auto, why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could ever need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Okay, moving along here, we have still a lot of mailbag questions to go through. Uh, this one from James Sifu, he says, Hey guys, I wanted to reach out and let you know how much I enjoy the show. Well, thank you for listening. We really appreciate that. Uh, he has a fun prop bet for us. Think Wander Franco is of the mold of a Juan Soto. So who wins more league MVPs? In the next decade, Franco or Soto? Ulysses? Soto could win his first one this year. <laughs> so, I'd put him ahead of the game there. I would put him a little bit of ahead. Um, man, I mean, by age, I would give Franco the edge by the competitiveness of their team. And I think that that matters in MVP races. And I think we could see it. Maybe Tatis could have gotten the, the MVP if his team goes to the playoffs. It crumbled, mm -hmm. so maybe he doesn't get the MVP. That matters. I think that matters to to voters. Although it's Harper's the third guy, so none of them are going to go to the playoffs. So maybe right. it's just a, it's an even split now for 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 who's going to be NL MVP. But I do I do think that matters, or at least it matters to me. 
If I were a voter, if your team goes to the playoffs, that would matter. So Wander has those two advantages. He's younger. He's in a better competitive franchise. Uh, I'm going to go Homer, and I'll say Wander Franco. Okay. Uh, I actually give Wander a little bit of a knock because he's younger. Let's remember that Juan Soto is just 22 years old, and he's more fully formed as a player. I still think it could take another year, two year, three years for Wander to really tap into his power. Let's acknowledge the MVP award is essentially an extension of the silver slugger. I mean, it's pretty (laughs) much a heavily offensive primed award. I mean, last year's winners were first basemen. So it's not like we're just, this isn't who calculates the most award and we're giving the MVP to that person. So I think that gives Soto a little bit more of an edge. And also, we maybe have to consider the competition in the American League compared to the National League. Yeah, Tatis is in the National League, but it's still, I think, I've heard that they're going to rename the AL MVP award to the Trout Award. I think that that might be a thing. I mean, we're still in the he might prime get Trout years. And again, who knows with Shohei Otani, who knows with the Universal DH, but Maybe he's already familiar with the American League. Maybe he signs an extension with the Angels or some other team yeah. in the American League. And then there's so many. You've got Vladdy Jr. You've got Jose Ramirez. You've got Aaron Judge, Xander Bogart. I mean, there's a yeah. lot. Of, not to say there's not those types of guys in the National League. I just think it could be a tougher road in the American League. And also, uh, I guess it sort of depends on where Wander is going to stay positionally. I mean, if he stays at short, that's fine. But uh, the last time a shortstop has won the MVP award in either league, it's been a really, really long time. 2007 for the National League, Jimmy Rollins. 2003 for the American League, A-Rod. Yeah. Yeah. So now maybe if he moves to third, that that might not matter as much as can he hit 35, 40 bombs and have a – 500 on base percentage like Juan Soto. If he develops the power, I think it's, I mean, he'll get an MVP. Yeah. Just develop the power and he'll get the MVP. For sure. But I think, you know, now if we're talking who wins more over the next 12 to 15 years, then I would probably lean toward Wander Franco. But Soto's right in the middle of it yeah. right now. No, I think so. we're, we're very lucky to have all those guys. Yeah. Acuna, Soto, Tatis, uh, Franco, uh, Vladdy. Yeah. It's going to be great. It's a great era. It's a great era. And that's the other thing, too, with the National League. I'm glad you mentioned that because yeah. Tatis, he might be headed for some sort of shoulder surgery. Sure. Who knows if Acuna is going to be the same player coming off the torn ACL. So that yeah. would theoretically be a couple of guys that you can sort of knock off the list and, and maybe paves the way for Soder to get another MVP award yeah. or two. So. All right, uh, what else we got in the mailbag here? We got Mia Franz. I, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Mia Franz, she says, I did not grow up in a household that followed sports, so being a passion fan is still somewhat new to me. Well, welcome to the club. Uh, when my son completely fell in love with baseball in 2018, at the age of six, we started going to some Rays games, and the Rays quickly became uh, became our beloved uh, home team. That's awesome. Uh, thanks to both of you for helping me learn even more about the players, uh, the controversies, and behind the scenes. It's earned me major points with my sons. It's definitely a, a cool mom move to be able to talk lineup pros and cons and highlights every morning over breakfast. Keep up the great work. Okay, this one got to yeah. me, Kevin. Uh, when I read this one, man, I, I, I almost teared up because that was that's one of the coolest uh, 
you know, thanks we've ever received. So Mia, thank you so much. You really made my whole week. Yeah, that that's really great. And also, if you want to get some more cool mom points, maybe some playoff tickets for your sons. <laughs> there you go. That could be oh, a thing. Cool or mom. son, I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, I, I hear there's still tickets available for Thursday and Friday. Might want to swipe those up yeah. before the Yankees or Red Sox fans take advantage of that. And I think That's tickets right. start at 40 bucks or so. I'm not trying to be a PR machine for the Rays. I'm just <laughs> mentioning that fact that if, you know, if that's something that uh, I, I think that would generate some some cool points. That's there. a lot of cool mom points right there. But no, really, thank you so much for for saying that, Mia. And anything that we can do to grow the game in households in the Tampa Bay area and and elsewhere, as yes. we have clearly seen, that's that's just a, a cherry on top for us. We enjoy what we do, but when people enjoy it like we we hope that they do, that's just uh, that's priceless. A hundred percent. Okay, uh, moving along here. Uh, this email from Darren Hybert. He says, the decision to bring in Fleming in the ninth didn't sit well with me. I assume he's talking about the last regular season game of the year between the Rays and the Yankees. Seems if they wanted to use him again, maybe a 12-2 blowout would be a good opportunity. This will not age well if the Yankees make it to the ALDS and take out the Rays. But I don't know what all went into that decision what is your insight and opinion did kevin crash make an appearance also if i'm charlie montoyo i think i give cash a call and ask for an explanation conspiracy theory alert maybe cash brought in fleming as payback for throwing at kk after saying water under the bridge or agua under the bridge as always guys keep up the good work uh that was funny darren um look i feel like fleming is a talented pitcher mm -hmm. and the Rays know that there's talent there. They just want to unlock it somehow. Remem right. Remember when Alex Colome started as a starting pitcher in 2014, everybody, and how he just wasn't cutting it. And then they said, Hey, let's put him in the eighth, ninth inning. And then he started to be uh, the safes leader for the American league. Uh, I believe like uh, in, in 2016 or 2017, uh, you know, it, it just, Sometimes guys are in the wrong spots to succeed. Right now, that's what they're trying with Josh Fleming. Yeah. They're saying, look, are you a middle of relief guy? Are you a bulk guy? Are you a starter? Are you a ninth inning guy? I, I, they're just trying anything they can. And remember, with the division locked up, you could play like spring training. Right. You could try to new things. Like, can you go into the middle of an inning and 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 not give up walks? And well, I think we all saw that JT Chargois is not up to the task on mm -hmm. uh, um, in that department. JP Fire Eisen, not far behind him either. But Josh Fleming, I feel like he did his job. The results were not there, but both times they were really soft bloopers and like soft infield hits. Like those yeah. are not going to usually happen. So Unfortunately, I'm on the team that it's okay to try out stuff when you've won your division. I wanted to sweep the Yankees, too. Who doesn't want to sweep right. the Yankees? Everybody wants to sweep the Yankees. But in that regard, I'd rather him try different things that could help this team in October. Yeah, and let's be honest. I mean, I wouldn't put that on Kevin Cash or Josh Fleming necessarily. You can't win if, you're, if you don't score. And that's what had happened with the Rays. And I have no problem with trying Fleming out in that situation. In fact, uh, wasn't he thrown in a situation like that on Friday and he got out of it swimmingly, throwing an inning and two-thirds, and he was able to retire that exact 
group of batters, uh, be it Odor, a lefty, Torres, and then uh, Rizzo. So I've got no oper- I've got no problem with that whatsoever. You're trying to figure out what works and see if he can handle the moment and go from there. You want some ground balls in that situation, and what better way to bring in than to bring in Josh Fleming there? So I, I don't see what else they could have necessarily done that would have. I, I'm not considering it a, a Kevin Crash moment. I'll put it like that. So, uh, okay, we'll uh, move along here. Uh, we told you about Rock Auto. We've also got to tell you about Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. That is L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games and baseball, too. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, it is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online, it's where the game starts. So we've got one from Daniel. Uh, Daniel. Perez, I believe. Yes. Okay. Um, he says, Hey guys, love your pot to death. Well, thank you. <laughs> uh, have been listening since last offseason, every episode. Being in the Tampa area, it sucks to say this, but I always felt like I'm the only one who cared about it and followed the race the way that I did. Well, again, welcome to the club. That's awesome. So, listening to you guys makes me feel like I'm understood. Anyways, I wanted to ask a question now that we're at the 100-win watermark. Do you think if 2020 was 162 games, our 2020 team would be better than this team? Personally, I feel like this year's team would still be better. I'll tell you this. Like I said the other day, winning 100 games is very difficult. And I know Mm -hmm. that the 2020 team was projected around 107, 108 wins. Uh, if the season would have uh, been 162 games, I-, I can count with one hand the teams that I've seen win over 107 games, and I've been watching baseball since yeah. I was seven. So it- it's really tough. So I, I got to believe the fact that this team got 100, something must have happened in, in 2020 if it would have kept going. Um, yeah. Do you give Yoshi Sutsugo more at bats? Hunter Renfro? Do they ever get out of it? Uh, you know, does Brandon Lau have a cold streak in him? Does Austin Meadows have a longer cold streak than he did? A lot of things would have yeah. happened. I agree. And that was a year that even in that 60 game slate, the pitching staff was already decimated by injuries. Yeah. And we're with this, we would be assuming that uh, Blake Snell would be able to stay healthy for an entire season that Tyler Glass now would be able to stay healthy for an entire season. And you also didn't have guys that Shane McClanahan probably wasn't quite ready. Shane Boz definitely wasn't ready at that point. You didn't have Rasmussen or Patino. You didn't have Colin McHugh. You didn't have so many guys. And I feel like it was just a year where there were too many guys that were off offensively. I mean, we can, you know, take, might as well just sit Willie Adamas at home because he wasn't going to produce. Meadows wasn't right. Yoshi wasn't right for whatever reason. Uh, Renfro wasn't right. 
Mike Zanino wasn't right. There are a lot of guys that you, you extrapolate those numbers and maybe they figure it out over the course of 162. But I, I just find it, I could have really seen a slide in the second half unless there was unless there were some major moves yeah. at the trade deadline. And even then, I'm not completely sure with that. And uh, to his point, to Daniel's point about being in the Tampa Bay area or, or Tampa area, I should say Tampa area and being a Rays fan, we are on the Hillsborough side, and I got to be honest, I don't see a lot of Rays license tags or bumper stickers. In fact, I mean, up in New Tampa near the county line, Pasco County line, I see as many, you know, St. Leo license tags as I do uh, Rays ones. Like, it's 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 Bucks and Lightning, and then whatever university you went to, I, I rarely, see, rarely see Rays ones, honestly. I see a couple uh, of videos uh, yesterday by the mayor, Caster, uh, putting up big arrays up things in, in City Hall and, and around St. Pete. So hopefully that kind of, you know, postseason vibes come to the suburbs and, and we see a little bit more Rays fandom. Mm-hmm. Uh, but people showed up on, on both the aquarium and at the trop- and at Tropicana Field to, to get those free swag bags. So that was really cool to see. Um, so yeah, w- w- let, let, let's hope that that kind of, uh, permeates around the area. Yes, indeed. Uh, this email from Walter Rosado, I would have to say Kevin cash is the best manager this franchise has ever had. I don't think Joe Madden could have done what cash has done. What do you guys think? I think the teams that Madden had were overall more talented but I don't think he could have had the success Cash has had the last recent years. Madden had great rotations with actual starters. Cash has only had solid bullpens with one or two starters for the overall year. Walter, mm. me thinks you're forgetting the other side of the baseball. Uh, Kevin Cash has had the best lineup hands down ever. Joe Madden had to play. Sean Rodriguez, Elliot Johnson, and Reed Brignac in the same game for a hundred games. Right, had to had to uh, put the, the the team on his shoulders for Sam Fole to become Super Sam. Uh, you know, yes, I'll give you that. Kevin Ca- uh, Kevin Cash had, did not have the luck to have the the top end starters that that Madden had, but then I'll say it right back. Joe Mann did not have the lineups that Kevin Cash has had. And so I feel like that's why they're even. So if you want to go to the bullpen managing, it's impressive what Kevin Cash has done. It's really, really impressive. Yeah. And if we just focus on that, because I think that's 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 the giveaway. Uh, the lineup, I mean, Joe Mann did, did miracles with that. Kevin Cash has done miracles with the starting right. rotation. The bullpen, really good Kevin Cash. But... I never really disliked how Joe Madden used the bullpen. And by that, I mean, I love the fact that Wade Davis became a two-inning guy every two or three days in 2012. I I love the fact that Alex Torres became a guy who he became reliant uh, Mm -hmm. on. Uh, Alex Colome, hello. He he was in, 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 in that meeting to transition him from a starter to a closer. Uh, so it's tough. I, I like, I see your point, but I think that's a very tough call. Uh, Madden, I guess to Walter's point, he also had some de facto defined closers where Kevin Cash has had a little bit more of a Juggling. difficult go with yeah. that. Uh, so 
right now, Ulysses, putting you on the spot, who's a better manager for the Rays, Kevin Cash or Joe Madden? You know, the other day I said, how if we don't if we have wins as the barometer, why are we looking at anything else? Right, mm-hmm. wins is what gets you to the postseason. I can answer that if I actually knew how many wins Kevin Cash had and how many wins Joe Madden has. I still think off the top of my head, they're both at 700, but I think Joe Madden still has more wins than Kevin Cash. But if somebody can call me out on it, I mean, I'm not going to. I'll call right you now. out. I have the numbers right oh, in front you do? of me, actually. Okay, what uh, is it? So Kevin Cash has a higher winning percentage okay. than Joe Madden, 522 compared to. I mean, 517, I guess you could say. But Joe Madden has 754 wins and 705 losses. Kevin Cash, 454 wins, 416 losses. So hasn't been around as long as Joe Madden, plus you include the 60-game season last year. It's comparing a 60-game season number to a 162 games. Let's have this conversation after three years, after three more years. Right, I agree. I, I will say in Kevin Cash's favor is maybe not relating more to players, but he seems more of like one of the guys and he did put on that MLB uniform for eight, nine years is a little bit closer in age and something that I don't think it's talked about enough. A really difficult part of his job is having that conversation with Lewis head every time that he's about to be sent down or called up or all the shuffling that's happened this year with the maneuvers the front office has made of thank you for contributing Evan Phillips. Goodbye forever. Like those types of talks are not easy to do because these guys are humans. They are baseball players. They're not robots with that, but still uh, I think we can all agree that Kevin cash and Joe Madden have done or did a great job for this franchise. Uh, okay, Ulysses, let's move along quickly to some uh, Twitter comments that we have. Yeah, so Ty McCann says, oh, keeping on the Kevin Cash train, does Kevin Cash win a second straight AL Manager of the Year award? I imagine other considerations would be um, Dusty Baker, La Russa, and, De- and depending on how everything shakes out, maybe even Charlie Montoyo, Cora, or Cervais. But do any of them have a strong enough case? I think Cervais is a really good choice. I don't think Cora deserves a manager of the year award, especially the first year coming back from the cheating scandal. That's a yeah. no for me. Montoyo, nice story. Three cities, very cool. Didn't make the playoff. I I, 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 I would rather have the Scott Cervais believe and all that that happened within that city than what happened with, with the Toronto meltdown. They had their opportunity yeah. against the Yankees and didn't take it. So Overall, I think Kevin Cash is a really solid one, and the second one would be Cervais. I think, I think it's going to go to Kevin Cash again. Yeah, I think just for the fact of all what happened in the off season and this team winning a franchise record, this team, man. yes, I think that makes a huge, huge difference. Without if. The people that are voting on this thing take into consideration uh, the whole stuff with Tyler Glass now and Charlie Morton and Blake Snell. Uh, Montoyo, Scott Service, I can't... You didn't make the playoffs, so I I can't give it to you. Alex Cora, still a little bit of a a black mark sort of a thing. I don't know if he really did enough. Uh, Definitely, I I don't know about Dusty Baker, whatever, but Larusa, I don't think you. Larusa is the. This is an example of a team winning in spite of their manager. Yes. Let's remember, Larusa was the guy that didn't know the extra inning rule, 
earlier in the season. So I think we can knock him out of the equation here. Yes. In fact, there's some that might argue or put it out there that you could put a bag of sand in front of the dugout, and that bag of sand would win Actually, just as many games as Tony Larusa. Hey, that bag of sand can run and sprint like Tony Larusa can to the home plate. Okay, yeah. so let's let's take it easy there, pal. I know. I'm sorry. I'm just. I, I think it's Kevin Cash's award to lose. Yeah. Those names don't jump out to me, and this isn't just Ray's homerism because we'll call it out. Look, we've we've been critical, or you, I, I would say, Ulysses has probably been more critical of Kevin Cash. We haven't really pointed out a lot of Kevin Crash moments. In yeah. fact, we just defended him earlier in the show. So this has been yeoman's work this year from Cash and Company. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, do we have any more? Yeah, we have a couple more that we'll run through here. Uh, Yazelle Espinoza just has a brief comment. The Rays have a lot of events for the playoffs in both Tampa and St. Pete. Make sure you go to the Tampa ones so we can show Stu that we would be more active in Tampa then St. Pete, they have all the info at their website from lawn sign giveaways to watch parties, show your support. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Look, we are on the Tampa side. So if we don't have to make that trip to St. Petersburg and we can stay in the Tampa Bay area and, and go to an event, we will certainly do that. That's right. I think. Um, and then finally, uh, quick comment here from Jake Stokes on Twitter, and then we'll uh, end this lengthy mailbag. Thank you all for reaching out to us. And yes. you can reach out to us anytime and, and we'll put something together with that. Uh, did Waka just make the playoff roster? I would take him over Yarbs. And he also says, did Fleming just pitch his way off the postseason roster? How big of a concern is the ninth inning pitching situation? If we are not seeing uh, Michael Walker in the playoff roster, I'd be incredibly surprised. So, yes, I think Michael Walker has earned uh, his way to the, the the playoffs. And I think I think he is finally convinced that the cutter yes. is just not the pitch for him. And we should all applaud that. And we should all support Michael Walker with signs and say, do not throw the cutter. Do yeah. not throw the cutter. Because um, that's what gave him a lot of problems this year. And he doesn't seem to get in problems in big games against the Red Sox, against the yeah. Yankees, against the Astros, against the Astros either at Minden Maid Park at the Bronx. So I feel like this guy just might have a level headedness that you really appreciate during the playoffs. And I think the guys can feed off that. And, and so, yes, I think he will be seeing some October baseball. I agree. I mean, in September, really Five of his last six starts have been tremendous. Uh, he has a 3-6-0 ERA in the month of September. Like you mentioned, he's gotten rid of the cutter. I think he's actually throwing some sinkers now, but the velocity is as good as it's really ever been. The changeup working off of that to get swings and misses over the top, and he's inducing ground balls, double plays to short. I like all of that from Michael Walker. Josh Fleming, I think he's probably going to be on the playoff roster. Uh, you need a lefty or two, right? Yeah. Outside of Ryan Yarbrough, who's your option? Adam Conley is out with COVID, and he hasn't pitched in a while. Ryan so Sheriff, I think, like, I would take Josh Fleming over Ryan Sheriff, uh, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think there's probably – I mean, did they pitch Sheriff uh, on Sunday? No, they did not. Okay, so I think Fleming is probably going to be that guy. And honestly, I'm going to be – look, if we choose Fleming or Sheriff, I'm sure there will be people that complain and say, you know, why is he on the roster? But you, you need a lefty. You need a couple lefties. Yeah. So. What can you do? Um, and then quickly to Jake's point, yeah, the bullpen, eh, it slid in September, yeah. in October a little bit. And um, 
I will say it's not great, Bob, as of right now. The timing sucks. Uh, I believe it might be a little bit of a mental thing. When you put a say a closer in a in a five run game, what happens, Jake? They're usually yeah. not as 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 um, shut locked down in. and locked yeah. in as they're usually on, right? Um, that's because they have a, a certain mentality. I think the team, the bullpen, might also have that group mentality when the division is won. Yeah, when you know. Do the games matter? Of course they do. Every game matters. But there's just a little bit of like the zestiness, I think, was missing the last week. And I think that's okay. These guys are yeah. humans, like you said. They're not robots. They they deserve this. But now I think you're going to see them go after it on Thursday. I think if you're a race fan, you should be nothing but excited and thrilled that this team is going to show everybody on a national stage that they are the best team in 2021. Which bullpen arm do you have most confidence in as of right now? I'm going to say Kittredge. The body okay. work is just too much to start doubting that guy, just like Colin McHugh, too. Um, those two guys are nails, and and I know that there's been a, a couple of, of blips here and there, but I'm yeah. going to take the whole body of work than the two blips recently. That's Yeah, me. that's fair. But there's the a lot of other guys within the bullpen have question marks, I, I would so. say. Uh, in fact, I wouldn't be surprised if it comes down to it and you have to kind of shift McHugh into a little bit of a closer role. You might have to do that, depending on the availability JT of Kittredge. JT and JP are not uh, – those are the ones that have question yeah. marks, in my opinion. JT, JP, PL, MT, <laughs> KR, all of those guys. Whistler's finger always hurts after he throws a slider. Nick Anderson certainly isn't Whistler, the Nick Anderson of 2019 and 2020. If Whistler's on, watch out for him. I yeah. think he could have a really good one. And Fairbanks, no more walks, my man. Please stop horsing around if you get my drift there, Petey. Stop it. Uh, Keep that off the field. Do not horse around in the field. Again, what I've said about Pete Fairbanks, the Rays should just automatically walk, intentionally walk the first batter. So he gets that. Okay, you've got now, now you can, can get it. into a rhythm. You have a base runner on first. Or second. Now you can really lock down. Instead of the Manfred runner, we call it the Fairbanks yeah. runner. Instead of wasting seven, eight bullets, just go ahead and put just that man on first them. and yeah. go from there. there okay. Go. All right. Uh, thank you again for making the Locked on Rays podcast your first listen every day. And we will be back tomorrow. In the meantime, check out the Locked on MLB podcast.